0: Y'all, it's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, the guys review Dungeons & Dragons Trials of Tempest, Star Trek Away Missions, and Stranger Things The Upside Down. Marty will give a short review of Final Fantasy XVI, and the guys have another Mountain Dew flavor for taste buds. It's about time y'all try some new food. Every time Marty asks me to do this, I feel like I'm an Upside Down.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 299 of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is Stranger in Paradise. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. We lost a giant in the music industry just recently. That was a song by Tony Bennett, who passed Mm -hmm. away at, what was his age, 90?
0: 96.
1: Wow. Wow. That guy performed way late into his years.
0: Mm-hmm. And he had the big resurgence when he teamed with Lady Gaga. And mm-hmm. so, and, and to be honest with you, I could not name, but maybe one or two songs by him. Right. That just, but you're right. He was an icon and for some odd reason, he, I just never listened to his music.
1: I didn't either, but I recognize him for the icon that he was big mm-hmm. time Las Vegas performer. You know, when people think of Las Vegas, lots of times, especially uh, the, the, over the generations, you think of Tony Bennett and his shows and right. everything.
0: And Sinatra said he was the singer, singer, or he was the all-time best singer he had ever heard. So that's mm-hmm. something from Sinatra.
1: So anyway, yeah, that's that's a nice little uh, homage uh, to him for this episode.
0: It also fits nicely into the show. See, things just
1: tie together. Yes they, yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right, I have to admit, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I really wanted our Gen Con episode to be episode 300. It's like, an, it's an iconic episode. Uh, milestone episode. I thought it'd be cool if that was our Gen Con coverage episode. So we've been throwing out a couple, lot of episodes recently to get to that 300. And uh, so we may have a little bit lighter episode when it comes to content. And, and uh, people out there may be going, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. They may be
0: saying that. I've been trying. I have been trying for years to get back to what we originally started with 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But Mm no, no, mm -mm. we're not doing 30 minutes around here. So, We'll just let it go. We'll see how the show flows and see what happens with it.
1: And we'll see if we get any feedback. It's like, hey, guys, I could use more of you. Or it's like, no, I I like the less RDTN content.
0: I mean, when we used to do the surveys at the end of the year, you know, everybody said our sweet spot's usually an hour to an hour and a half. So as long as we don't creep on that, that's fine. And I'm I'm ready. I mean, we've got... We've got some, our typical stuff we're going to be talking about. We've got some of the games that we got to play. And if you go over to our YouTube channel, you'll get to see some of our recent game nights that have been published by Marty, along with the singing that he is threatening to continue. So please go like that video to cease that silliness.
1: <laughs> yeah. Join our YouTube channel. We are trying to put a little more content out there. I don't know that we'll do a game night video every week, but they're really easy to put together. What it is, is basically first impressions of games that we played, and then you're going to hear about them in an upcoming episode. And so one of the more recent ones we did, uh, we played Stranger Things, Star Trek Away Missions, Trials of Tempest. We did a first impressions, and then, you know, we come back, we, we investigate more, play some more, et cetera, and then come on here and do our full review. And this episode actually contains reviews for each of those.
0: And you get the full impression because you see the video. Mm-hmm. You get to read our faces. Or you can definitely read mine in these things. Yeah. I'm, I'm worn out because in the last episode th- that we just had, we talked about some lawn care businesses, something we do here. And so I got it replaced. I got the backflow and the valves replaced on the irrigation system. And lo and behold, we turned that bad boy on Marty. The irrigation system fired that bad boy up after they had to go in and cut the pipes and reinstall some new pipes. And it's just like, no wonder I couldn't do this because I, I don't have the plumbing knowledge. Mm-hmm. My uncle said he'd come up and help me if I wanted to. I said, no, don't worry about it because that's a whole day thing. And it's been in the nineties here. Everybody's sweltering in the heat. And I'm like, I'm not going to go out there and sweat on this. I'll give it to somebody. I'll pay the man for doing that. And these parts aren't cheap, but lo and behold, he fires it up. And sure enough, there's a section in my irrigation system that is crap. We got flooding all underground. He's like, ooh, I go, yeah, I know. He goes, okay, it's either the heads, the pipe, or the connections. Your system isn't that old. No, it's only six years old. It just tells you how cheap D.R. Horton is. Yeah. Uh, and so we, he went out there, he dug it up, and the man was out there, you know, an hour and a half digging it up because he had to look at three heads. And the heads were all good, but it was the pipe and the connections leading into each of these heads. Gosh. And I said, well, while you got your shovel dirty, you won't just go ahead and move that one head I need moved. He said, why did they put it here? And I go, I have no clue. He said, what were they trying to do? Water your foundation? <laughs> I'm like, I, once again, I don't know. In the next house I have, it is going to be full. As long as I'm not in an HOA, it's going to be full weeds. Nice. Hello, clover. Yes. Hello, clover.
1: Yes. Uh, it's easy to maintain. It's mm-hmm. always green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good idea.
0: And the bees love it. The bees, bees love the love, clover.
1: You're helping out the ecosystem, uh, right. by, by providing something for the bees to be able to pollinate.
0: So that was one thing growing up. My dad would come in and he'd say, boy, be sure to wear your shoes outside today. The clover's in bloom. Lo and behold, I'd forget and I'd get stung every freaking
1: time. <laughs> Only took me twice. It's funny. Growing up, I thought. Clover was a normal thing. I thought, hey, clover, that looks good. It's nice and green. I like it. It's soft. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: The the bees are out there having a big time. Yeah. You know? I could go out and lay, lay out there and try to find a four-leaf clover. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that was lucky. So, you know, you could kill a whole afternoon when you were young looking for four-leaf clovers. Yep. So, But now, no, you can't have any clover in your yard. Can't have any of this in your yard because it's not, you know, it doesn't look pretty. I told Donna, I said, I'm done with this that's it. I'm, I'm over all of this fun stuff. Let's just let it go. And she says, no. I said, okay.
1: (laughs) You will not just let it go. Oh, Hey, you know what? We always like to talk about entry points into a lot of different genres on this show. I always like to experiment with different types of things, whether it be RPGs, miniature games. And as somebody who's not verse or have a lot of expertise in a lot of those things, I'm always looking for that easy access ramp to different things. And one of the things I've been into over the past several years is trying to get more into miniature games. The access ramp to miniature games is usually very expensive to get on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it takes a lot to get, to be able to play and games workshop, who is the biggest miniatures company hasn't, necessarily had the easiest or lightest entry points like they're they just came out their 40k starter box which is over 200 bucks tons of models it's a lot it's a lot to get into but they were smart what they've done is they've come out with three new starter sets uh, ranging from a small medium and large set to kind of ease you into the system the one i'm interested in is called the introductory set it's a 40k set that comes with paint brushes, rules, a few push to fit models, Uh, basically everything you need to do to have a couple little armies to be able to fight each other just to dip your toe into the water to see is this any fun or not. And what's cool is this is coming in like if you can get this from miniature market for like in the $50 price range. Mm. So for $50, you get models, paint, brushes. I think there's snips in there, dice, and the play mat, like everything you need just to get up and running. And I think that is a great way, if you've always wanted to try 40K, it's, it's a great good entry point uh, for it. And it's ri- out right now on Miniature Market.
0: Is 40K the, the one where you have the various points for the armies so you can really build up for it? I can't keep all of them t- straight in my head.
1: Most of them do that. So the fantasy version is uh, Age of Sigmar. It also has a point system. Uh, but also, probably my favorite system that came out over the years was Warcry from Age of mm-hmm. Sigmar. It's, it's not your full-blown miniature-style game, but it uses miniatures and and a way to use dice as uh, you roll a handful of dice and use those to activate abilities and stuff. I think it's a really clever card and dice mechanic system that I really like. They just came out with a starter set of it, an introductory set. Again, a small box, couple sets of models, some boards, everything you need to get up and running. And they've even gone beyond that. You remember Warhammer Underworlds that we played with the cards? Mm -hmm. Uh, where you had the the set army and you could build your deck and play. They have reintroduced a starter set for Warhammer Underworlds, kind of going back to the very original starter set they had. So all those came out just very recently, all of them in the $50 price range at Miniature Market. So there's a bunch of different flavors of things if you're interested in trying out miniature gaming. uh, It's out there for you right now from Games Workshop. And I I think that was a great idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, Underworlds I remember because that was the one... It was skirmish. I always call those skirmish. When you get those smaller armies instead mm-hmm. of these big, huge armies. Yeah, that, that'd be if, if someone is interested in doing that and you have a second person to play with. That's always the challenge. See what your community's doing. Check out your local game source. See if anybody's got anything. And I'm not going to take away from them because maybe if you after you try this, usually you can find people who are done and you can supplement your army that can allow you to take even a bigger bite out of this uh, elephant and, and give it a try. Or someone who says, you know what? I'm tired of playing the Skaven. I'm going to go play this other, the, the orcs. And so here, I'll sell you my Skaven army. And you try to give this a try. Mm-hmm. So you never do know. So check with your local game store for sure and, make, and see what they have. And then, hey, if you're getting into paints, you could be painting a whole bunch of miniatures and all your board games that are out there. You could be having all this fun stuff. I mean, that's just the way it goes with these things. And are, are they? I'm sure they're Citadel paints, aren't
1: they? Uh, yes, they are. And as you can see, like it's a complete set, full set of models, paints, everything you need to get going. And what's cool is you say you find somebody to play with. Heck, each of you, you and a buddy throw in 25 bucks a piece. You go out and you split the price on a box. One takes one set of uh, one faction, one takes the other. And it's not enough to do a, a major paint job. But again, it's like five bottles of four, five bottles of paint. It's just a way just to get you started. That's mm-hmm. it. It's just an introductory set. And a fact, on the box, that says, start here.
0: Yes, it... Hey, <laughs> they couldn't spell it out, could they? I mean, it, it's right there. Start here.
1: And I will say, all this stuff is on Miniature Market. Miniature Market does have a, carry all the stuff that the Games Workshop carries. And as we mentioned in our last episode, if you use our affiliate link which you can find on our webpage. If you just click the miniature market logo on our website, uh, it'll take you you and use the affiliate link, which gives us 5%, which people have been using. Thank you so much for those who have already started clicking it. I'm seeing clicks and it doesn't even matter if you you buy, doesn't matter. Just the clicks is a really good impression. And Games Workshop products are always less than um, MSRP. So all these are there uh, at miniature market and you get them, get them there.
0: And we'll probably go see some of this at Gen Con. We always like to stop in at the various booths, see which armies are coming out, just go, ooh, that looks so cool, or something mm-hmm. like that.
1: Games Workshop will be at Gen Con. I'll for sure want to swing. In fact, the uh, the per- our contact will be there, so be kind of good. Go put uh, face to a voice or voice to a face, uh, face to a name to a there email. You, you know, one of those mm-hmm. connections right there. One of those
0: things. Now, have you been uh, working out? Have you been getting your deep squats in? Have you been... Pressing some uh weights lately. I know you've been running, but are, are, have you gotten yourself limbered up? Because we because Gen Con for when this hits, this she'll be right before Gen Con and we will be on our way to Gen Con mm-hmm. and we need to be ready, physically ready to get that floor down for restoration games. I yes, am so uh, ready for this. Yeah,
1: I hope they if they don't have knee pads, that's fine. Usually those floors are cushioned so we actually can use the flooring itself as knee cushions. But remember, the air conditioner is not on, so dress cool when we go in there. Right. Now, one thing, I may have to
0: go find some Ray-Bans because mm-hmm. if, if Sue is there, Sue Sheldon, Suzanne Sheldon, why did her name just suddenly blank on oh, me? No, you got it. You got it. Yeah. I could just see. I'm gonna, Maybe I'll get her some of the big Ray-Ban glasses huh? that you saw, and she could be like in Cool Hand Luke, and we'll get uh, Justin Mm-hmm. some other ones and you know do you remember the paul uh s- the scene where he's digging the hole and w- what's what's uh, the boss's dirt being in the yard why is that dirt in his yard put it back in the hole why is there dirt in my hole i can see her doing this to us where she's in there marty why is that f- matt right there and justin comes walking up she they can mess with us
1: and then one of them can say the classic line i think what we have here is a failure to communicate
0: Best movie ever.
1: <laughs> Speaking love, of movies, movies. Uh, we had our big uh, movie you know, episode several months ago. But d- dude, the box office is insane. We have got to have a follow-up episode with Dan and Chris uh, in the fall to look back over the, the absolute flops and failures that we thought were going to be successes and things that we didn't think would do well or doing well. But anyway, today, as of this recording, I got a Oppenheimer. Have you gone and seen it yet?
0: No, okay. No, I I won't be going to a movie. Probably we may go see Oppenheimer and maybe at the end of uh, next month before we go on our trip or when we get back from our trip. I don't know.
1: It may not be in the theater at that point.
0: Well, I know because I looked at the box office and it was trailing Barbie something fierce.
1: Yes, it was. But for a Nolan movie, an R rated movie, it did really well. It opened at like 80 million, which is good for for an R rated movie. Uh, yeah I think uh, this weekend was the biggest box office opening for the for the year. Uh, I think in our draft, I think Barbie went in the third round <laughs> so we did not read that one right at all <laughs> when it came to that movie.
0: Yeah well I, I keep thinking you know in that third round I was stuck at the end and that's the shame.
1: yeah now I will say Oppenheimer it needs to be seen in the theater for the sound alone. Uh, If you know Christopher Nolan movies, you know, the soundtracks and his sound editing and how he uses placement of sound in a theater is phenomenal. And this, this is absolutely no different. It would not have the same punch sitting in your home and watching this.
0: Even with like 15 speakers around you and that surround sound? Probably not.
1: No way. No way. Yeah.
0: Does your seat vibrate and all that fun no, stuff? I, and the I bomb didn't goes go to off. That
1: one. So I went and previewed it to see if Vanessa would like it. She says she thinks I said, I think you'll like it. So when we come back from Gen Con, we actually may go to see it in IMAX. Oh, so we can see it together in IMAX. Yeah, which is the way okay. it should be seen.
0: I have not stepped foot in a theater this year, so I think I, I think I only said there was one I would screen. The rest of them were streaming. This was for one me.
1: Oppenheimer was one of them.
0: Yeah, and I, just because of what it's about. It's just when can I get there? Right. You know, we've got we've got GenCon. Then I go on a vacation. So that's the, you know w- w- when's the opportunity? I just don't one
1: Tuesday night, just one week night. Just go <sighs> see it. I mean, this it's evening. really it's not like you got to block out a whole week. It's literally one evening. Well, you
0: got me booked for the next two. Well, oh. okay, works got me booked. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You they, which brings me to. Once, again, what are we doing Tuesday? When we right before Connor? you got us getting there so early. What am I going to do? I can't check into my hotel. I can't walk the floor. What are you? What are you going to have me do?
1: Restoration said they may start setting up on Tuesday.
0: Well, then I'm okay with that.
1: We'll hook up with people Tuesday night. We'll hang out. Okay.
0: Well, because uh, I can take my badge. Our ops center is just right down the street.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can. So. I mean, I went for the cheaper flights and the cheaper flight was getting there early in the morning. The afternoon flights are the expensive ones.
0: Okay. I've been giving you grief about this because I keep thinking, oh, you saved $20. Good for you. I'm sure there may have been more. It may have been 20. I don't know. But at least in today's heat, thank you because it'll be cooler when we're sitting on the runway. Unlike other stories we've been hearing about those poor people. I'm going to tell you something. I, if I had been on that one flight in Vegas where they sat for four hours on the Vegas plane, I would have opened the damn door and they could have, the marshal could have arrested me.
1: Yeah. It's like, fine. Take me to jail in the air conditioned building, please.
0: Please. And then, then we will talk to my lawyer and then we will have a civil case (laughs) because I don't care what the FAA says. This is inhumane. And oh man, Not, not much gets under my skin. Imagine that. Okay, a lot does, but I'd keep it buried. So yeah, I was just like, you got to be kidding me! Air travel is just no fun.
1: No, it's not. I stress out over air travel, and the it's like I stress out in multiple phases: one, making sure I get to the airport; two, making sure I get through security; three, when the plane takes off, just to make sure you know we're on time. After that, I'm kind of okay. Cause I feel like, okay, we'll get to the destination point, but those stages right there just get to me and I can't wait till it's over.
0: Mm-hmm. I may have to go on and check our flight see how much this upgraded seat is and get off that back row.
1: That's fine. Hey, I saved us 20 bucks so we can apply the 20 bucks towards <laughs> the upgrade. How about that?
0: Oh, that's moving two rows forward. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the way things are there, man. And it's only always... an
1: hour and a half flight though. So it's not that bad.
0: Yeah. and Well, that doesn't include the three hours on the runways. And Donna's like, well, don't you want to sit exit rows with those hard seats on the side? I'm like, sweet, I, I understand I get more leg room, but those things are just so freaking uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. Also, you probably know this. The earlier the flight, the less chance of delays because, yes. you know, one delay early in the day and, and you're, the whole line, the whole schedule screwed up.
0: And thunderstorms are in the area. It is the summer. So. so you're welcome. I appreciate that. All right. Is it time for some Taste Buds? Taste Buds. Taste Buds. Taste Buds. Two incredible stars. Taste Buds. Stars. Taste buds. They're just a bunch of.
1: They're just a bunch of. All right. We teased this out in the last episode in episode 298. We said we had two brand new flavors to try out last time. We trade passion fruit. This time, Baja Caribbean Splash. This is a dew with a splash of natural and artificial guava flavor. I can't even picture or taste what guava tastes like yeah I, I if i if it's anything
0: like the picture shows here it looks like a pomegranate to me i agree so and i see you're sporting for those on the audio side he's wearing a mountain dew t-shirt tonight so he's all in he's ready to go mm-hmm.
1: now when are they gonna do the durian flavored
0: you got the hard ones too and i have not i've wanted to get to tennessee and get some hard mountain dew
1: when I was in Daytona, I got a whole uh, 12 pack of the hard ones. Have you had them yet? I've had them all. I think my favorite's black cherry, which I'm not usually a cherry fan, but it's really good, and the Baja Blast. The Baja Blast? Okay. Well, black cherry,
0: Mike's hard lemonade is our, black cherry is our favorite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is the regular Mountain Dew, just Mountain Dew flavor, I didn't think it was that great. I didn't think it really tasted like Mountain Dew, but that was me.
0: All right. I'm ready. Let's open this bad right, boy. Here we go.
1: Okay. They all smell the same to me now. We need to switch to another type of food to something to try on taste buds. If you're out there listening, y'all used to give us suggestions of things to try. It doesn't have to be gross things. We've done crickets and durian and stuff. Give us some ideas of something for us to try that maybe is unique or send it to us and we'll try it because to me, all the all the mountain foods are really very similar now. <laughs> yeah, this is
0: tropical punch.
1: That's, what, that's what we say like. about all of them I feel like. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try this. Um It's okay. it's it's good. It's it good? tastes like a take on tropical punch. Now that you've said it, it tastes like tropical punch with, you know, with a just a some I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, if it was if it was a zero, uh you know, I could definitely get into a case yeah. of this. Yep. But, you know, yeah, it's it's tropical
1: punch. It's 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 a little bit I uh, I see tropical just like on passion fruit. After I swallow it, there's an aftertaste or something. I just don't know what that is. Mm.
0: I will say that it is a interesting tropical punch is I want to say it's more red flavor. But red doesn't have a flavor. But you know, when I think of tropical punch, it's it's a lot sweeter. This has that that's sparkling to it Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure this it's just a little bit farther away from it but it still tastes tropical which it should Mm -hmm. it's caribbean splash so it's good yes but i if i get a zero case of it that's great if not then it can stay on the shelf
1: i think i like it better than passion fruit
0: the purple one yeah yeah the purple one was yeah i finally finished that over three days and that's unlike me i finally got that down i'm not gonna waste it so
1: Donna didn't even like that. She says, no, get, go get me my spark. I, I, okay. I hand it off to the boys and let them finish it off. Yeah, y'all y'all like come out to our Discord channel. Join our Discord. Send us an email at names at gmail.com. Give us ideas for taste buds. We're looking for some fresh ideas. We'll, we'll get away from the Mountain Dew drinks. I, we obviously will have to try the mystery flavor if they do it again this year. See if we can guess what it is. That usually happens in October. So we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. So yeah, if you have any ideas for taste buds... Let us know. As of this recording, Imperial Miners is still not up for pre-order. There's a page, but I just can't pre-order it yet. This is the big game I've been waiting on from Portal Games, which is in the Imperial Settlers universe, but it is not an Imperial Settlers game. It's an engine building game, which I absolutely love. Plays up to five players. Uh, This is a game our friend Chevy Dodd actually... Heard about, pitched to Ignasi, he liked it, rethemed it, and now it's going to be coming out on pre-order soon, Imperial Miners. I can't wait to take that box and put it beside my Empires of the North and Imperial Settlers collection. I just love everything in that universe, and Tony, I'm so glad that something else is coming out in that universe.
0: Uh, Me too, looking forward to that game. That's one of those that I definitely get that pre-order in over at Shop Portal Games. excited for um, this whole new series. Looking forward to it, Ignacy. Make it happen.
1: That's right. So keep an eye out for pre-ordering Imperial Miners over at shopportalgames.com. Simon just recently sent us a game from designer Rob Davio, I know that guy, called Stranger Things The Upside Down, which is based on the Netflix series. Tony, you said you had interest in checking out this co-op game, I was surprised at this because you have only watched a couple episodes of Stranger Things. So, what was your draw to this co-op game?
0: It's a Davio.
1: Okay, so the, the designer himself—that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive, man. So, just just the name Davio on a box Probably. will make you pick it up and try it.
0: Yeah, I think about all of his other games. I've enjoyed them, so I said, you know, why not this? I don't know anything about the IP, so I can't be disappointed in this game by the IP and what they do with it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it is a co-op game. And I'm like, okay, we don't, we don't do a lot of co-op games here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, let's give this a try. And uh, as I was reading more about it, I like the fact that it's not this long drawn out thing. I mean, you've got um, overall, there's Two sides of a board. There's a season one and a season two, which I'm assuming Marty means that there were two seasons of Stranger Things at this time. I don't know.
1: There's five right now. There's five total. So there's expansions. <laughs> it definitely has room for expansions. So here in season one or season two, you could play as Lewis, Mike, Dustin, Jim Hopper, Nancy Wheeler, or Joyce, and you're going to be in the town of Hawkins. Uh, basically trying to go up against the the big bad, whoever that is. If you've watched the show, we don't really know in season one who that is. But you've got uh, like the uh, Demi Gorgon out there and they got some dogs you got to deal with and everything. Hold on, hold on. It's not Demo Gorgon? Demi, Demi, <laughs> yeah, de, uh, yes, Demo Gorgon. Demo Gorgon. I guess I say it just really fast. Demo Gorgon.
0: Demo. I was like, hey, that's Demo. Okay, I'm, all right, very good. You're playing these characters, yeah.
1: So this guy is, this this Demogorgon is not good. So what you're doing is you're taking a character and you're going around town and you're trying to get allies to help you out. You're trying to get equipment that will help you fight Demogorgon. And all this is driven through card play. Uh, on your turn, you're going to be able to move a certain amount. You could take an action at certain places. For example, if I want equipment, it'll say, hey, pick up two cards and keep one. But everything is done through these cards that you have in your hand that has numbers and some icons on them. And anytime that you want to increase your chances uh, or make more uh, options for your actions, like I can pay cards, pay a one or a two to draw additional cards if I'm looking for a particular item. But the thing is, though, is those cards that you play are actually a clock in the game because at the end of your turn, you're going to refill scene cards, which are typically not good. Maybe they're going to move the Hawkings of Van closer to you or move enemies closer to you or add additional tokens to the board, which you're going to have to deal with later. And after you go through the deck once, uh, next time you have to, on the second time through the deck, you have to draw two cards from those. And the third time you have to draw three. And then if you go through all that, you end up losing the game. But Tony, what I think was really interesting is how you fight against uh, some of the uh, the Demogorg- the now you got me doing demigorgons and the... Uh, and the other villains of the game
0: yeah so on your turn after you you play your action cards to move if you want to and you take your action if you have to fight then what you will need to do is you will play your action cards and flip over a stack of tokens and you total that up and if it's equal to or greater than you beat that enemy certain enemies have certain effects they move away from you you can eliminate them from the game things like that can happen with these tokens but you don't know what's under these piles of tokens. They're face so it's down. A blind, they're face down. Yeah, it's a blind shot. But once they're revealed, hey, everybody knows. It's not like it stays hidden knowledge. And the Demogorgon has, strength can increase over time as you're trying to rescue Will in season one. Season two, you're rescuing Will, and then you're trying to close the gate. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're working towards. That's what you're trying to help one another do. We have to be able, because we know to rescue Will, the Demogorgon has strength and it's being tracked down there with the tokens. So we need to eliminate those by using our allies, using our items, working together without creating too much fear because Marty says, if you go through the deck three times and you can't go through the fourth, you lose. Or if any one character is too scared, they soiled their britches. They're going home. That's it. Game over.
1: Yeah. Over the course of the game through scenes and et cetera, you can actually gain fear and there's a fear tracker on your card. Uh, that you're having to track. One thing I like about the the fight, whether it's the test to find will or test to fight, is once you reveal all the tokens, you then put them face down and randomly pull one out. So Mm. next time you go and do that test, it'll be a little bit easier. But as we said, uh, the Demogorgon's stacks keep getting added back to the board. So you may clear out a few stacks and then the scenes will put them back in there and make them even harder to deal with.
0: And when you fight or you reveal these uh, battles the difference between what you competed against versus that stack increases your fear and that can quickly end your game. Can't it Marty?
1: Which is how we were able to get two games in very quickly. When I thought (laughs) Nancy's got this, Nick, Nancy, go on there and take care of this. And yeah, she she uh, took a lot of fear and got wiped out of the game. Luckily, setup of this game is very easy to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Quick. hard to reset up the game and, and reset and uh, go again. So I think it's a very clever game with the card play. Uh, also, when you play cards, some of the cards have icons at the bottom that says reveal another scene card. So more cards you play, there's a chance you can reveal scenes, but there's certain spots on the board that if you get rid of the tokens, those tokens that are on top of them, those blind tokens, when you do test against them, it may say, okay, if you can ignore one revealed scene or your on your uh, cards that you played, or maybe two revealed scenes. So you're trying to make your chances of success better without having to go through those scene decks.
0: And there's ways to, of course, mitigate the fear. You can calm yourself down. Um, and one other important thing is 11, which uh, every time I hear it, of course, go back to Spinal Tap on that. But Eleven will help out the team. It's not a playable character though you can download off the um uh, come ons uh, website and make them a play make eleven a playable character, but it has special powers that can help also mitigate and remove certain obstacles that your team will face as you play. Final thoughts for me is that overall this is a very good co-op game for those who like this IP. Marty promises me that the IP is in this game. The theme is in there. I have no clue. I also do enjoy the fact that it is one of those games where fast to set up, easy to explain to people because you really only have move, do actions, refill your hand, draw a scene card. I can get this explained in under five minutes for a co-op game. Uh, and, And that's the beauty of this game to me
1: i think the card play is really smart it plays up to four two to four players it plays in 60 minutes like you said easy to teach very easy to set up i do think this is very thematic you get to play as the characters each character may have a special ability that's used throughout the game Uh, the game kicked our butts uh so it's not the easiest game in the world to win but i don't want a co-op game to be too easy because if i learn how to beat it every time i'll just never play it again so I, too, uh, enjoy my time with it. I thought it was interesting to see Rob uh, work on something like this, kind of out of the blue because he's been doing so much with Restoration Games. Uh, but you see his hand uh, in this. So I know that in the past we've said, oh, games with IP, ignore those, ignore those. When you got a pedigree of like Rob Davio working on something like this, there is something there. It is a clever co-op game, and it really does work with this IP. That's Stranger Things Upside Down from Simon out now. One thing I love about game toppers is all the accessories that you can add. Sure, you've got your main game topper, which is a system where you can put it on top of your table with rails and it's modular. You have different sizes. You can buy mats to put into it, some custom size mats. But I love the idea of accessories that you can add to it. You have a double cup holder that's collapsible. I think that's the one. No, you've got the premium cup, single cup holder that's collapsible, right? Yes, yeah. So they have the collapsible single cups. They have the double cups. You have a goblet holder. Hey, if you want to have a little wine while you're sitting there playing some games, a nice little uh, holder for that. I love these. If you have the cup holders, this is really cool. It's like a little acrylic cup holder scoreboard covers. Where if you're wanting to like write scores, it would be good for uh, RPGs. Maybe you write your initiative or something, or some stats or something uh, on the board. You can keep it like there, right to your side. Uh, You've got a DICE accessory tray there that you can buy. Again, what's neat is when you order this, you can add in the accessories. Or once you have a Game Topper, you can go back anytime that you want out to the website, GameToppersLLC.com. Just buy those add-ons. They work with any of the Game Toppers. They attach very cleverly to the rails. They're easy to add, easy to remove. To find out more and to go check out what we're talking about, head over to GameToppersLLC.com. WizKids has been coming out with some really, really good premium products lately. You may not know this, but WizKids actually has a license uh, with Dungeons & Dragons. Earlier this year, we covered Dungeons & Dragons Onslaught, which is a new miniatures skirmish game, very highly competitive game. And they came out with another game just recently called Trials of Tempest uh, from designers Thor Nye, Kyle Newman, and Adam Caruso. And this is a team-based game uh, where you can play... 2v2, 3v3, 4v4 on this huge, huge board. It's a dungeon crawling game uh, where you have some quests that you're presented at the beginning of the game. Those quests will give you victory points. Depending on what those quests are, you may be maybe trying to kill the other team. You may be trying to kill certain monsters. You may be trying to destroy altars or loot some stuff. There are various quests out there for getting points, and the big finale of the game is when an X number of points have been scored, a big bad will spawn in the middle. And then you go out there and try to knock this thing out. Because once it's gone, that triggers the end of the game. and Then the person with the most points wins. Now, Tony, in classic D&D fashion, you're going to be playing as a character. And there's this whole thing at the very beginning of the game of, of character creation. And that is done through, in my opinion, very creative card play of merging different types of decks together to create your character. And that deck is what you'll be using to drive your actions throughout the game.
0: I trust you on that because you're the one who did that. I mean, when you were doing the setup, I was getting more tea uh, because it was free tea day at McAllister's. I was sitting over there helping getting the board, helping you find stuff. But when it came to the cards, that was up to you and Bert. And you just said, "Here, here is your deck of cards. If it has this symbol, put these out in front of you. If it has not, then it is in your pile of cards. Yes, I said, okay, Marty, I can do that.
1: That's because with our first game, what we did is we went with the recommended starter. They said, all right, use these four classes, use these subclasses, and use these character cards to create your deck. Now, after in subsequent games, what we do is we put all these out. We put all the class cards out on the table, the subclass cards, and we do a draft. Tony rolls and maybe he gets to go first. He can choose a druid, a bard, a ranger, whatever he wants. Then we go around the table and draft those. Then we go around and pick a subclass for that uh, thing that we just drafted. And then finally, there's a character card, like a named person that gives you some additional abilities. But when you put these decks together, it creates primary actions that are on the table the entire time, which includes attack. Maybe it's spells from that a wizard may do. Uh, maybe it's a uh, attack with weapons, etc. a movement card, which will typically be out there to be able to move. And the rest goes into a deck that you're going to draw at the beginning of your turn. That gives you additional actions that you can use during your turn that, so you, instead of using the attack that's on the table, maybe there's an attack card in your hand that you might want to use. And then at the end, you're going to um, discard as many cards as you want. And you'll draw back up to five and a, Player turn action consists of moving, taking an action. That's it.
0: That's it. Trying to maximize the quests that are on the table. And that, to me, is what boils this game down. Two rival teams meet at a bar, uh, at a, oh crap, just at a tavern. Yeah, there you go. They're they're talking trash to one another. They're going to go out. They're going to try to achieve quests. So some of the quests may drive more combat. The ones that we had on the table really didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And once the dust has settled and everybody's done what they do, some big guy comes along and says, I don't appreciate what y'all did. And he tries to wipe them out as well. Uh, a couple of nuances for me, as far as the, the rules go, it was interesting to know that you can't die. You just respawn. So it's like a good MMORPG. I like but that. you
1: drop all your loot. For
0: me, that was not going to be a problem.
1: Well, that's important though, because when you loot a chest, you draw a card into your hand. All loot cards are worth victory points. So if somebody's walking around with a lot of loot, they got a big target on their back for the other team, To where if they knock them out, they drop the loot, they can go over there and pick up that loot and get those victory points.
0: Once again, I was never able to get any loot. People always were looting chests before I could go loot a chest. If I had been a bard, I bet I wouldn't have had a loot. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So when I was going into this and you were talking about this game, I was like, okay, so i I thought we would all be together. That was my first miscon- misconception of the game. I thought we would all be playing together against a big bad to spawn by f- completing quests that were going to be very difficult challenges. Mm, okay. And I'm sure there are, there were a ton, tons of quests. When you, when you start playing this and you play the recommended game, you really got to spend time diving into this because these, some, I, probably there are quests out there that are very challenging because other than that i did not find them to be that unless you can't roll which i couldn't do at the time you're not going to have any challenges there i was thinking that maybe we'd be solving puzzles but that is your D&D brain kicking in right mm-hmm.
1: sure sure yeah this is definitely uh, more of instead of a role playing game more of a dungeon crawler style mm-hmm. game now this is pvpve meaning there are camps of monsters out on the board and they will fight against you if you go over and get near them they will attack you so it's not only the other team you have to worry about you have to worry about the environment these monsters on the board that you have to deal with also now there might be some quests that give you points uh, for killing monsters like we had one quest out there for when you deal the final blow like when you knock out one of the monsters, as you, if, as you deal more final blows or the kill, last kill, to a monster, the more that you do, the more victory points that you earn. And on these quest cards, you have your markers that you use to track how much, much points you've earned during the course of the game.
0: As we're playing, and you know, it's all about victory points at the end, which I ha- I love victory points at the end, so I thought that was kind of an interesting concept with this game, Right. other than, you know, completing all the quests, the game ends, you could have a team that as the big bad comes out, that they've got to kill to end the game. The other team can then go concentrate on the quest. Sure. To try to drive up their victory points. Meanwhile, the other team is doing that. And we found out what, if you kill the big bad, it wasn't worth a lot or worth right. anything at all. Right. So you could, uh, you know, while oh, I'll let them go handle it. I'm going to go, r- you know, run away, run away. I'm going to go run for the hills and I'm going to try to accomplish these various quests while you go and battle him. And then maybe he'll come and catch us. I, you know, it's, it was interesting, the quest that we had set up. That's why, once again, I'm going to say this, don't let your first play drive your impressions.
1: Mm -mm. No, we find it better with multiple plays by far. We had, you know, we did our video with our first impressions. That's exactly what it is. First impression. Subsequent plays, it's a lot of different impressions because you understand the rules. You get to do the drafting. You get to kind of create your own character. you got different quests that you're going to be playing. And you just understand it more. Uh, I, the uh, designer had commented. He said, "Yeah, setting up those cards at the beginning is kind of confusing. You've taken all these cards and you have to sort them by the, the subclass and the type and everything. It took us a while to figure out how these cards were supposed to be sorted together and then once you get once you're done, you have to separate them all back out to get ready for your next game. So you can go through that another that drafting mechanic again. Yeah.
0: And I could see where if you wanted to, you could just like everybody keeps playing the same character class and subclass. If you wanted to sure. just to have, you know, like D&D
1: night. Why mm-hmm. not? So the question is, does your character progress? I think this is clever too. At the beginning of the game, you set all your level two cards aside. Once you go through your draw deck for the first time, you're gonna choose two cards from your discard pile and add them to the tier two cards that you set aside. So these cards are now your new draw deck. Then if you want to, you can flip one of your primary attack cards from the one side to the two side. From then on, anytime the draw deck runs out, you're going to choose any eight cards from the discard pile, and that will be your new draw deck. So that's really cool. As the game progresses, you can pick the cards that you want in your deck, and you may want them to change based on the conditions of the game. And you can do also some creative combos uh, with these characters because some of the cards are considered chain cards. And it will say, it will indicate there's a special icon for a chain on the card. It'll indicate this is a movement chain, which means if you take a movement action, you can chain this card to it to beef it up, make it better, or maybe attack chains. Hey, I'm going to do an attack, then I'm going to play this attack chain card to it that gives me some sort of boost or boon, uh, et cetera. I do like that too, because once you know the cards really well, you know what combos and chains work well together. Then once you've established your deck, you can dig for the cards that you want so that Maybe you want to do a big fight. You have the correct cards in your hand that you want for that combo.
0: So as you would expect, there are various, there's text on the cards, things you got to understand. You got to understand the line of sight, which actually line of sight is a breeze in this game. Yep. Found, found that. it to be. Yeah. Found that to be very simple. I will say, you know, in the first game we were sitting there and I was like, okay, where I'm not engaged, but it was because people are having to read their cards, understand their cards, and understand the effects of these cards and know what they mean. Mm -hmm. And that is what you will encounter all in time. This is one of those games that if you have a constant gaming group and you would like to say, you know what? Over the next few months, let's dedicate ourselves on game night to this game for a while. Mm -hmm. See See what this can bring to the table. Play it for a while. See what it drives. Heck, the, the miniatures are amazing. So you can use those in your regular D&D night. But it is, it, if, if for non-D&D players, uh, RPGers that are out there, this, this this will give you that feel, uh, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Didn't mention, too, also in typical D&D fashion, at the beginning of every round, you're going to roll initiative. Everybody rolls a D20, and then you set up. There's an initiative track where you put your marker to show where you're going to activate the monsters on the board. Always activate at initiative 10. And as in classic D everything is dealt through d20s. So skill checks. Oh, that's not that's nothing too. When you build your character, uh, you can draft what skills you want to be good at. Do you want to be good at wisdom? Do you want to be good at tracking, etc.? So you can draft what your skills, what you want your skills to be, and then when you have to run upon doing those tests, the better that you are, the, the more chance you have at, at um, success. And there's also the concept in 5e, advantage, disadvantage. When you're given an advantage, you roll 2d20, take the highest of the two. Disadvantage, roll 2d20 and take the lowest of the two. One thing, it is a a table hog, y'all. This thing is a beast. It is huge tiles that are put together to make one very big board. But it looks great on the table. It's one of those things that uh, if you walk by, especially if you have the premium edition with the painted minis, it uh, it just looks really good. This, Tony, does take a while to play. Two hour game. Uh, this is a solid two hour game. Once you get into it, we did modify our rules to where we triggered the monster to come out when somebody got seven victory points. Instead of the 10 victory points, we cut the monsters HP in half. And the designer on BGG actually suggested here's some variants you could use to shorten the game. If you want to, to get it under your
0: belt, to see the yeah. flow of it, to, to make sure, and then go full tilt Bozo with this thing. Now we'll ask you this, Marty. I, I did not play onslaught. You and I think the other. I was out that week. Yes, me and Bert played it. Yep. Yeah. And now this can go two to eight. Onslaught. What's the difference? What in your mind? What are the two big differences or a couple differences between this versus onslaught? And I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but you have an incredible memory. The Prevagen is kicking in. So, what do you think? You know, what's what's the big difference here?
1: This game was designed by my buddy uh, Nick Yu, who does the stuff on Media with us. This is a competitive two-player board game. You're controlling a team of characters, not just one. And the idea is supposed to be uh, in a competitive spirit, meaning tournaments, tournament support. Uh, you have different factions that you can put together and make. So it's coming at it from a totally different perspective. Mm. Trials of Tempest is more of like a dungeon crawly team versus team based thing. And the other one is more of a competitive miniatures skirmish game. Gotcha. Kind of like what we talked to at the beginning of the
0: show with the war cry.
1: Yes. It, yes. Imagine okay. like mm-hmm. Warcry, but in the D&D universe because they do have organized play like a Gen Con. They're having uh, competitions there uh, between different people or between people, between players and giving away prizes and stuff like that. You really wouldn't do that with Trials of Tempest. This other one's meant to be a competitive game that plays in a shorter amount of time also. But it has a lot of the same flavor because it is a Dungeons & Dragons game, so you have a lot of those classes and everything. You're rolling D20s, and there's looting, and there's also monsters out on that board that you're trying to deal with. But it's built to be a competitive 1v1 game.
0: Right, so you're always in the face, whereas Tempest is one of those games based on the play is where you could base you could ignore the other team if the quest allowed you to right you know, yeah whereas onslaught is designed as you're saying to be competitive to be in your face battling it out so i think that's important is it's the size of the number of players along with what the ultimate goal is right
1: uh, again if you're playing with more than two
0: players you really don't have a choice you don't have a choice. There, There's no choices here, right?
1: Also, a thing with uh, Onslaught is, you know, with Hero Clicks, how you take damage, your stats mm-hmm. change. Same thing happened with Onslaught. They have these really nice cards, your character cards, where you have a dial that you track. And over time, the more damage you take, you know, that may hurt your stats and skills and stuff. So that's what's changing over time, too. Okay. Yep. So that's well, really I, the big difference between the two. Both of them from WizKids. Both of them in D&D universe. But they're made for two different audiences.
0: If you get a chance to play the game, get ready for a big type of experience, stay engaged, work on your cars. This is just me speaking from ours where, you know, don't lose track and and try to get out in front of what you're going to be doing on your next turn. Cause if you don't, then you're going to just, you're, you're going to be bored. I'll admit it, Marty, you, you will sit there and you'll be like, okay, I'm waiting on my turn. No, this is just like an RPG. in my where you're out there thinking, "Hey, you got to be engaged in the party, and you got to see what's going on." And that's what this game brings to the table for you.
1: As a co-op game, you do need to work with your teammates, talk about what you're going to do. Hey, if you go over there, I'm going to come over here. Do we split the party? You know, is that the thing we really want to do here? I do think the card play is very clever. I like the idea where there's always abilities on the board. Uh, I always have a movement, I always have some sort of attack that I can use but then those cards in my deck that I can use throughout the game as I need them, you can upgrade the cards. There are two versions of this game, the premium uh, version, which has all painted minis, which are really, really nice. Regular version, which has non-painted minis. Whichever way you wanna go, the art is really nice. They have good inserts for holding everything. Once you get everything sorted and set out, you'll be ready to go from game to game. This game is out right now. This is Trials of Templates, plays two to eight players, plays roughly about two hours. Like with most games, obviously, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. However, I do think it's one of those things, but, but the cause of the flavor and the character building, and everything, it's one that you'll keep coming back to over and over, have a great experience with it. Five minute initiative begins in three,
0: two, one. We all know that Star Trek is one of my favorite IPs and Marty and I got to Put on the table Star Trek Away Missions, designed by Andrew Halt, Mike Halt, and Phil Yates. This is published by Gale Force Nine, and in this game it is a two-player. And we've been talking about this on all the show pretty much about skirmishes. And really, this is what this is. This is a skirmish game in the Star Trek universe. However, it's slightly different in that your your overall goal is to complete missions that earn you points, and the person with the most points at the end of three rounds is the glorious winner of Star Trek. Now, this starts out with both the Enterprise crew and the Borg, and then there are other expansions that are going to come in from the Romulans and the Klingons. On your turn, you are simply going to activate a player. You'll either move, attack, attempt to complete a mission by rolling various dice. Then it's the other player's turn. They'll do the same thing. And there's various map tiles that you can lay out to build up a different scenario. Straightforward game, Marty. I don't think there was a whole lot there that when I taught it to you, that created confusion for you.
1: No, not at all. Each of you got two decks. You got a mission deck, a support deck. The mission deck are, is the cards that you're trying to complete. And if you do, they're worth victory points at the end of the game. The support cards are cards that you can use over uh, the course of the game. You're playing different characters. Each character has certain abilities and has certain stats. Those stats will come into play for tests. For example, let's say there was a mission where you're supposed to go to a particular terminal and try to complete a, a certain type, like a navigation test. You're going to look at your uh, skill for a character and uh, to, whatever your skill level is. You're going to pick up that number of dice. If they have a, a, a specialization in the one that you're trying to test, you get to roll one extra die. You roll all your dice. If one of your die is four or higher, congrats, you succeed. So everything's about on, on your test route rolling a four or higher. On your You get two actions on your turn. Uh, per character. Once you've used a character, you can't use them again that round. It's a back and forth thing. I go, you go, I go, you go.
0: And one of the nice things about this when we uh, were doing those actions is if I have less characters than you, I can take a bonus action with a character that I have already used. That to me was very key in this game. Because other than that, it'd be like Marty has four players over there. And as the Borg, I start off with two, that's not fair. Well, guess what? I've got some bonus actions that come into play. Now, I will say this about Star Trek, and this, I guess, is true to the IP. I, there wasn't a lot of battling, but in Star Trek, when I thought back about it, after we played this game, I'm like, you know what? They really didn't battle. It wasn't about blowing each other up. This wasn't Star Wars, where you're trying to cut people in half with lightsabers. It's about technology. It's about peace. It's about expanding the universe and your knowledge. But I will say,
1: because of that, it felt very solo. Mm. To me. Well, now, I guess for me, it did depend on the missions. I did have some missions that says, hey, if I take out an adversary, uh, complete a mission and get some points. So sometimes I was going after you. And I do appreciate how the combat is uh, Mm -hmm. taken in this game. Uh, You can have uh, your support cards could be like things like weapons, where you attach a weapon to a person. And when you do an attack roll, you have an attack skill. If you have some weapons, you might get an additional dice. Uh, the opponent has defense, they're going to roll defense dice, and then you compare them one by one. You're going to stack them in order from highest to lowest. Starting at the highest point, if the higher die of the defense player is higher than that of the attack, it blocks that attack. But if the next one is the attack is higher than the defender, that's one point of damage and you resolve those all through down through all each of the dice. And that's the amount of damage that you'll do to a, a player
0: right and anything that's uncontested in the dice let's say you got to roll more dice than i if you didn't have four or greater than it was you know that's a pass if you know one two or three was a fail yes. So i really like that i don't like that that it was an automatic pass yes if, if, the, if the dice were uncontested
1: and damage is basically you deciding what skills do you want to hurt because you've got little little tokens or uh pegs Pegs. that you put into your character board and you remove those as you take damage. And as you remove Mm -hmm. them, that means your, your movement or your attack or your skills may not be as good. And if you
0: can't remove one of those pegs, then uh, they become incapacitated Mm -hmm. on the game. After three rounds, you total it up. And by the way, there's also a, a secret mission that you have that may tell you, like mine said, based on the number of times you've assimilated somebody, you get victory point or simulate an area then that's identified by your mission cards. Then you get additional points. Overall, I mean, I was whining when we were playing because it felt like Marty's missions were way simpler than mine. But, you know, I was surprised at the in-game score, even though I lost. That's okay. I can handle that. I'm not going to be bitter that, that I did not assimilate anybody. It was tighter than I imagined. So I, I was very surprised by that. So I, I, I do want to play with the other factions to see how they come out. Um, from that standpoint. But once again, this is not really an in-your-face skirmish game, in
1: my opinion. I was talking to uh, Charlie Teal on uh, Twitter, and he said, did y'all run into the situation with Borgs where they just seemed to get blown out every game? I said, well, the games we were playing, it's like they, they did seem to struggle. He said he found the exact same thing, that the missions for the Borgs just didn't score enough points compared to the Enterprise. So we were wondering if the other factions would be a little more balanced in their missions. Now Mm. the Borg, as the game went on, more Borg came onto the board. You had more to use over the course of the game, but it did seem like that your missions were either a little bit more difficult to complete weren't worth as much point as many points. And
0: what was cool is I could have assimilated you, but I was rolling one dice unless I had something attached against your three defense dice. It was like a, a no win situation for me.
1: Yeah. Now, one thing I did, feel that was almost kind of easy. I'd never failed test because you can discard cards to re-roll dice. Mm-hmm. And when you're drawing a bunch of cards at the beginning, it's like, okay, well, I'll just discard this and roll again, discard this to roll again until you pass. You know, I just never f- found that I had trouble uh, succeeding in my missions because I could just re-roll the dice till I got to that point where I've passed.
0: Yeah, but you were getting rid of cards that maybe as, the, as that turn went on in that round, you didn't have... Quests or missions that you could do, or attach certain equipment or support roles. So that that's the deal you're having to do. Uh, go with that. Now, there's deck building in this, and I haven't explored uh, how you would do that. But once again, this is Star Trek Away Missions from publisher Gale Force Nine.
1: Five minute initiative is complete.
0: If you head over to miniaturemarket.com and you've been there in the past oh i don't know two three four weeks ago i'm gonna give you a little psa right now because okay i i don't know if you've recognized this but they have really redone their website their landing page i didn't know if you paid attention to that because they've gotten rid of their menu bar that was across the top it's now in these little tabs at the top That's been changed, looks really nice. You hover over it, they've got all the breakdown for you. Very nice system that they've put in place here. On their main page, best sellers, you can hit the view all, deals, view all. I mean, it's right there at the top. They still have their scrolling banner for the things to catch your eye. Easy way to get to the gift certificates at the top, because, hey, you don't know what to get somebody, you don't, uh, let's say you wanted to to treat Marty and I, but you're not sure what to get us, you don't know what we have, a gift certificate is a beautiful thing. Just go ahead and send it over to us, let us know. Matter of fact, that's where our $5, just as a reminder, catch us in a mistake, you can get earning yourself $5 from Miniature Market because we have those out to give. Also down at the bottom, What what about your gaming group? You're not really sure what to get for them. You can go to the casual games. They've really laid out this page. Oh, pre-orders. There you go. Go over there to view them all. See what's coming in. That's usually what I'm clicking on just so I know, hey, what do I need to be paying attention to? For example, Lost Ruins of Arnak, the missing expedition expansion. Say that three times fast. That's getting ready to come out. So I know Marty will have one to teach me here in the future. Won't you, Marty?
1: Uh, Yes, I will. Love that game. Got to have that expansion and I can pre-order it right now.
0: Unmatched, Sun's Origins, My Island, follow up to My City is coming out. So, you know, all that. We talked about Star Trek, Away Missions. The core uh, set is on pre-order right now over at Miniature Market. So be sure to check it out. Check out the redesigned webpage. Don't get all flustered because things have moved around. That's at miniaturemarket.com.
1: I love that feeling when I complete a video game, when I'm sitting there and watching the credits roll. And just yesterday I finished Final Fantasy 16. The first time I'd ever played any Final Fantasy game. Hold on. Just let me f- let people who are video gamers close their jaw. Cause I know most video gamers has experienced at least one Final Fantasy game. I don't know why I never did, but this is the first one I ever played. Now I have gone back, Tony, and bought the Final Fantasy remaster pack uh, for the Switch, which is Final Fantasy 1 through 6. And I've started playing Final Fantasy 6 because I heard that was kind of the best one of the of the pack. So I'm trying to get more into them. What I will say, Final Fantasy 16 was a solid, solid game. Took me about 35 hours to finish. The story was really good. The action uh, was really fun. It wasn't a turn-based RPG like the old Final Fantasies. It was more of an action RPG. And because of that... Tony, I think it's a game that you actually may like. Okay. Well, I like turn-based. But you, I know you also like action games like Assassin's Creed, which is yes. what this reminds me of.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, uh, about time you woke up on the wagon. Yeah, Skyrim. I like those. Yes, I do. Yes. Absolutely.
1: So that's why I thought that this might be something in, of interest to you because I really enjoyed it. And the nice thing is on the PlayStation 5, you can download for free the two-hour demo to mm. Final Fantasy 16, which is actually just the prologue. And you can carry the prologue over to the full game. So if you're looking for something to play on the PlayStation 5, I would recommend playing the demo. And if you like it, I'll give you the disc and you can try it out because it's really good. And it's not a huge commitment. 35 hours, and that's the main story.
0: Yeah, but now you got me pulling off of my Guild Wars stuff that you kicked me back into. And I cannot believe that. Now I'm doing some other festival and I'm going around – Jumping for loot bags in Guild Wars 2. Well, it's too,
1: but... time to take a break. So I'm just saying there, there's <sighs> this. If you want to crank up your... your uh, clean the dust off your PlayStation 5.
0: I may have to do that. I, I do need to get back up there. Finish out Valhalla. I was looking the other day at all my discs when I was looking for a chess set because I hear there's a lot of replayability in chess. Some, uh, some guys talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I still haven't played all of these other games. I need to take a break. But it's just so easy to double click... And boom, there's a game right there for me to play for 15, 10, 20 minutes, you know, versus going up. Do you have Spider-Man 2018? No, we, we talked about this last day. I do not have that yet.
1: As a Spider-Man fan, you 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 really need to play that game. It is good. It is good. I know it, I do.
0: Yeah, video games, uh, yeah, it's, it's that time thing, man. I'm telling you, it's... It's sitting down, and that's the beauty of the Switch. Put on my readers, and I can play the Switch on the plane, which I am taking because I get stuck on the runway again. We're not on the tarmac. So I will have my Switch with me, and maybe I'll crank up something on the Switch that I haven't even played in a while. I was playing just Mario Kart. but So I've never played one of those games either. I've never played one.
1: Can't believe I've never played a Final Fantasy game, but I think the reason why is because when those first came out on the Nintendo Super Nintendo I was just into action games. I just wasn't into that. I totally missed the whole PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. I never owned those. And that's kind of where Final Fantasy really grabbed a foothold in the West. And then I felt like, well, I'm just behind because I haven't played any of them, not realizing they aren't a a sequential story. They're all their own story. Mm, It's not like one ties into the other. They're their own thing. That's why I knew I could jump into six or play 16. You don't need to know anything about the others in the series. Okay. Okay. Well,
0: I will look into it and see. Go get the demo and maybe play a couple hours with it when we get back from Gen Con. That's actually
1: all you need is two hours. Is the whole demo, at the, the most. Demo. Yep.
0: And just see how much I enjoy it, and then say okay, and then go up there and you know crank up the PlayStation, get it updated. Took it a long time to update the other day. So one of the things we got, we've got Mega Moose Con coming up in what two months?
1: Uh yeah, middle of uh, September.
0: All right, this is a Mark Kell host uh, convention. We head down and um, one of the things I'm doing is I'm starting to pull things out, get them ready for the Rolling Dice and Taking Names auction that we always hold there on Saturday, very excited for that. And I've been playing, trying to get Donna to sit down with me and play various games to see what she thinks that I've picked up over the time. And I'm like, okay, hey, what do you think of this? So I am on that quest. So I'm excited for Mega Moose Con. Can't, can't wait to get down there. See what other games are going on. See what other people are doing and, and see what games I can pick up and sit in my closet for a while during the big flea auction.
1: If y'all are in the area and be interested in coming, Mega Moose is a, is a fun, fun show. It has about two to 300 people. It's uh, down just south of Charlotte. It's on a major a, a major interstate, so it's easy to get to. It has food trucks out there. It's it's very laid back, very casual. It's a, It's a lot of fun. But with that, I need to go pack. So keep rolling dice and taking names. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our affiliate link for Miniature Market. You can find that on our main page at RollDiceTakeNames.com. Follow us on social media at Dice and Names. And also on our webpage, you can come and join our Discord channel. Uh, We love having everybody over there. That's where we spend most of our time communicating and doing polls and giving away things. So come check it out today. All right, Marty, guess what's going to happen in a few
0: days? What? I am going to be crowned champion again. Gladiators, I feel it. It's coming. Your reign is over. One year and done, baby. I hope I won't be eating my words. It depends on whether I can game the system again this year for a win. I think I'm going to be the one gaming the system because I know how it's going to happen. It's going to be me, but we will take it home. (laughs)